Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Well, podcast family, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, We are glad to be back after a short break. We uh, took a break for the month of June, and we have been preparing new podcast episodes, season two of the First Things First podcast. And so uh, we're very, very excited about uh, about all the different folks that we've kind of lined up to, to share with you. And and as you know, in our podcast each week, we invite really interesting, uh, amazing people to hang out and talk about what God is doing in their lives. And this week, uh, my good friend Deanna Harville is joining us. She's kicking off season two of the First Things First podcast. How does that feel to be the first one? Are y'all ready? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first things first, Deanna is the first. So we're we're really glad to really glad to be back and excited uh, excited to just hang out and share a little bit of Deanna's story uh, with you. So uh, Deanna's been a member of our church. She was a member of our church for a while, and then you moved away, and then moved back, and have rejoined the church just since I've been the pastor. Yes. And uh, so uh, so it's really cool to have you kind of back uh, with us. But this is a great opportunity for you to just introduce yourself. What do folks need to know about Deanna? What about your family? What about work? You know, talk, talk to us a little bit about who you are. Well, um, I am from a small town, Littlefield, Texas. Littlefield. I was uh, raised there my whole life, a uh, uh, very idyllic childhood, Yeah. Uh, middle child of three, Okay. And one brother, one sister, great parents. Um, did not, I moved out when I was, I guess, 19 okay. to college, uh-huh. got married, got divorced, had a kid. Well, not in that order exactly. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I did the married first and then the kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have one child and uh-huh. I have a stepdaughter. Okay. And then I have two grandkids. And, wow. uh, let me just recommend having the grandkids. They're great. Yes. Yeah. I uh, realized the other day, Deanna, that. I am much closer to grandparent, you know, than I am to like baby father. You know what I'm saying? And yep. so, uh, so, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, it's not super exciting to think of people calling me granddad. I'm just going to be real with you. But at the same time, I will be excited about grandbabies. So I'm not going to lie about that at well, all. Grandma is my favorite name. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm, and I'm sure it will be <laughs> once I get used to it. You yeah, know? you will. You will. <laughs> Uh, so married to Glenn, and how long have you guys been married? We have been married 18 years. It'll be 19 wow. in November. Yeah. And uh, we're both second timers on marriage. Yeah, And, yeah. Uh, you know, God brought us together. That's amazing. Was, uh, 19 years almost later. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's yeah. kind of my, my parents' story, too. Both of them have been divorced, and my mom had actually been through a couple of, of uh, failed marriages, and then it was sworn off of it, you know. <laughs> And then met my dad, and the Lord was just totally in that. And they've been married for, gosh, I bet they've been married for thirty years. So, oh wow, that's yeah. great. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of what I had done. I was single for almost ten years. Wow. And said, I'm done. I don't really. Yeah. I'm fine by myself. Don't need a man. And right. then Glenn came along. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Isn't it great how the Lord does that? He, he just, yes, and I know that that's who brought Glenn because other. I mean, I I didn't date a lot, but I knew right. a lot of people, and sure. so I know that's that's how Glenn and I met. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, I want to hear the story of how you and Glenn met, maybe. But, uh, but uh, before that, so, so you, you, you mentioned though that you, you were married before you got a divorce, 
And how many, uh, you had one daughter, is that what you said? I had one son. One son, okay. So how old was he when all that was going on? He was um, three. So yeah, that's another reason why you're single for 10 years, right? Because you've got a a kid and you're like, I'm I'm focused on raising this boy. and I wanted to protect him. Absolutely. I I didn't want to introduce, you know, a lot of strange people into his life. So I did not. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's the way my mom felt too. And uh so, and it just happened that, you know, the right person came along at the right time. Yep. So that's exactly, how exactly right. So how did you meet Glenn? Is that okay? Share that story. Sure. He told me I wasn't supposed to talk about him, but <laughs> we know better. Surprise, Glenn. <laughs> you can't tell your story without talking about Glenn. No, he's a huge part yeah, of it. He's a yeah. huge part of it. Um, I was teaching high school at the time. Okay. And um, one of my students who was a senior, she kept telling me, you need to meet my uncle. Oh. And I was like, I don't want to date your uncle. I was like, that's just <laughs> weird. And um, finally, I said, okay, fine. I'll meet him at a basketball game. And okay. I knew her parents, you know, being her teacher. Right, right. And so I said, I'll meet him at a basketball game. That's good. Nice public place. Yeah. No pressure. Lots yeah. of people. Yes. Lots of people. Yeah. And so we met at the basketball game, and uh, we had a blast. We screamed for the Friendship Tigers. That's yeah, where I was yeah. teaching at uh-huh. the time. And... Um, then we went out afterwards and just sat and visited. Wow! At a at a local restaurant, mm-hmm. and then the next time we went out, we actually um, got kicked out of Olive Garden. <laughs> we stayed and we're just talking, and you know, you when you know, you know, right? And, and yeah. we just clicked right away. Yeah. And uh, that was in February, mm-hmm. and we got married in November. Wow. So, okay. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's that sounds a lot. So Amy and I, we met in college, right? And uh, I finally convinced her to go out on a date with me. She was not interested in me at, at all. Like her friends had to talk her into going on a date with me. They're like, he's no, he's a really nice guy. I promise, you know. So finally, she uh, agreed to go out on a date with me, and we went to Norita's Coldwater Cattle Company in Coleman, Texas. So it's no longer there. There's another restaurant by a different name in the same place, but. But it was, Brownwood was 30 miles one way from Coleman, right? So we yep. drove 30 miles and then we hung out and ate dinner together and then we drove all the way back and we just were just talking and sharing the whole time. And I mean, I got home from that date and I was like, okay, you know, uh, I don't know if that's the person I'm going to marry, but whoever I'm going to marry is going to be a lot like her. You know yep. what I mean? So oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So February to November. Yep. Wow. And how old was your son at this time? He was 12. Okay. And Glenn's daughter was 16. Okay. So, yeah, not kind of in the same range, not too, yeah, not too not, far apart. About like what you would normally have siblings. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it was great. And, That's awesome. Uh, they, they get along so really, really well now. And she loves the grandbabies, which, uh, you know, they love her. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, she, I don't think she'll ever have children of her own, but she sure loves her nieces, and well, her niece and nephew. So. Yeah, that'll do it right yep. there. All right, so um, so 19 years, married to Glenn. Yep. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about, one of the, this is one thing we always do on the podcast. I always want to, for people to talk about how they, how they came to faith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how did you meet Jesus? Like, what, what was that story? Well, I, I was raised in church. Sure, yeah. um, I guess from birth, mm-hmm. and uh, I was raised in a church of Christ. Okay, yeah. And um, we had a fantastic youth leader at yeah. that time, and I was probably around 12 or 13, uh-huh. and we went to youth group, and of course had several friends that went to the same church, and um, 
we decided to get baptized together. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't have that big ah, moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've, I've always known Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, that's, really, that's really what happened. It seems kind of basic and kind of, eh, but, uh, you know, it was an important time. And we, we went to church and continued to go to church. Um, my ex-husband, he didn't want anything to do with going to church. Yeah. And so that was a big part of what probably um, had us drift apart. Right. Yeah. And uh, and that was also a big draw for Glenn because he loved going to church and sure. he loves Jesus. And yeah. what a great Christian man he is. Yeah. yeah. And so he really is. A great he Christian. is. He yeah. is. And he loves to serve and give mm-hmm. back. And so, um, yeah, that was a big deal for us getting together as well, because uh, I had started coming here. Shortly after I moved to Shallow Water, which was 94-ish, oh, okay. uh, Mike and Becky Wiggins invited yeah, me to go, yeah. come to church. And so <laughs> this, is where we, this is where we came. Yeah. And so we've been ever since. That's awesome. So you, when, when you were in the youth group, you know, you kind of grown up with, you know, going to church and mm-hmm. as Christ is an important part of your life and, and faith and everything else. But, but that moment, whenever you and your friends decided to get baptized, that was the moment where you were like, no, we're... we're I'm serious about this. We're, you know, I want my life to be about Jesus. Yes. Is that kind of how, that's yes. that kind of work? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've drifted back and forth. Oh, sure. And, yeah, we all You know, have. like everybody does growing, growing mm-hmm. up and growing in Christ. And yeah. so, but yeah, that was, that was that pivotal moment when I knew that I wanted, I wanted this. <laughs> so. Yeah. One thing that's awesome, you know, because we have these conversations, you know, uh, I have them all the time and, uh, and, and one thing that's really awesome, there are a lot of these stories, you know, of people in our church who, look, they just grew up in the church, and it was always a part of their life, and, and, uh, and, and wanting to know and serve Christ was always a part of their life. So we've, so we've had some stories where there was this radical thing that Jesus did, and the person really turned their heart and their life around. And, but then we have a lot of these other stories where people just kind of grew over the course of a lot of years in their in their relationship with Christ, you know, until one day they were like, "Yes, I'm serious about this," you know. Yep. So, yeah, that's really good. So, um, so how old were you when you when you got baptized? Twelve, thirteen. Okay, in that, yeah. um, I guess junior high ish mm-hmm. age. Yeah, my yeah. that's my daughter. She she accepted Christ. She she knows she made a decision when she was a, a young kid, like six, six years old and was baptized. But this past year she came to me, she's like, I don't, I really understand what I'm doing now. And, and I, and I'm, and I didn't, I don't know that I understood everything about being a Christian. And so anyway. Well, I, I did this well. Mm -hmm. I got baptized here in this church. Oh, really? Um, I, I can't remember when that was exactly, but, um, I think it was like 2011 maybe. Okay. And, and I, I was kind of the same way. I was like, you know, I, I really don't know that that, I was as serious and did not have that relationship, nor did mm. I understand what the relationship right. even meant at yeah, that time. Yeah. And so I felt like I wanted to get baptized. And so yeah. it was really cool. My son and I actually got baptized at the same time or oh, the same day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So how old was your son when he accepted Christ? About um, uh, 11, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so uh, but you came to Christ in a Church of Christ church. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, how did you end up at First Shallow Water? How how did this become the place where you kind of settled? 
Well, like I said, I was invited. Yeah, which is awesome. It is. And That's, um, let me just pause right there. She was invited. That I want to make sure that all of our church folks who are out there listening understand that that's a big deal. Eighty-six percent of people who uh, who end up, you know, uh, at a church, they come there the first time because somebody personally yeah. invited them, not because they saw a billboard or a website or whatever else. It was yeah. a personal invite that did it for them. So it was, yeah, it was. So you were invited, and um, I I liked the word. Mm. I liked the messages I was hearing. Yeah, yeah, and they were different. Right. Then, then what I was hearing at the Church of Christ, there was nothing wrong with that. Right. Sure. And I didn't, uh, you know, I hear a lot of people say Church of Christ believe they're the only ones going to heaven. And <laughs> I was like, that is so weird because I never heard that in church. Yeah, that's ever. not, 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 that, well, there's a lot of different kinds of Church of right. Christ. Like just like right. there's a lot of different kinds of Baptists. Right. And so, so you'll have all kinds of spectrums of belief, you yeah. know, among Church of Christ or among even Baptists. But yeah. But all the Church of Christ folks I've met don't believe that I'm going to hell, right? So <laughs> I, I never, I was never told that. I yeah, mean, the only, yeah. the only thing I really remember was that that we didn't have any instrumentation, right, in church. You know, there was no guitars, no pianos. It was all acapella. Yeah, and um, and I love that. I, I love singing. Mm. I can't sing, <laughs> but I love to sing. There's a difference, and so. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I just liked it. I had a, I fe- had a feeling I belonged. Right. I had friends that went here. Yeah. And um, at that time, I was a single mom, and mm-hmm. you don't always feel welcome everywhere you go because yes. I think some people are like, "Oh, don't look at my husband that way," or you know, right. uh, yeah. we, we're not sure we want to be your friend because you're divorced. Right. And so I never felt that way here. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. My uh, my mom. You know, I told you she'd been through two divorces. She had four kids. She's single with four kids. Oh, my. Right? And, uh, and we, we lived in Brownwood, Texas, after, mm-hmm. after her second divorce. We moved to Brownwood. And, uh, and that was a really painful... I've talked about it some on the podcast before, but really awful situation, her, her second marriage, for all of us, you know. Um, but, but she went to First Baptist. She visited First Baptist Brownwood because you know, going to church is what you did on Sunday. Right. And, but she had always grown up Baptist. So that's just kind of where she went, but she was terrified. Like, you know, this was, Oh gosh, man, early 1980s, you know, probably. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, opinions about divorce were, were, you know, people had some real strong opinions about it. And, um, and she was really nervous to go. And, but this deacon at that church, uh, he was a greeter, and he saw my mom coming, and and he just ran out there and shook her hand. We're so glad to have you. You know what I mean? Just yep. made her really yeah. feel welcome. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, like I I don't think I would be a pastor if it wasn't for that guy. You know, like oh, yeah. you know, wow. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for the greeter at First Baptist Church Brownwood. That's how important being a greeter is. You know what I mean? It is because you want to when when a person people already have all kinds of barriers. There's all kinds of stuff going on in their life when they come to church and all these yeah. things that they're thinking and wondering. And it takes a lot of courage for some people to just walk in the door. And so when we greet them and make them feel welcome, you know, like they're like they're home, that's huge. Makes all the difference. Makes yeah. all the difference. Yeah. So uh so you started coming here and uh and but then it was after that then that you met Glenn. Yes. But he was coming to this church too, is that right? No. No, he's going to the- Um he had divorced mm-hmm. and was living in Wolferth. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um had not 
even really searched for a church home. Right. And so I invited him. There you go. So he was kind of still recovering, still kind of... Yes, yes. Tra- and, and hadn't got made his way back to church. Right, yet. and his, his journey was like mine. He had a spouse that really didn't... She, you know, they, they met at church camp, but then when they married, she didn't want to come to church. Right, yeah. And so um, I, I invited him, and he came, and... And he came every time, every yeah, Sunday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he still does that guy. <laughs> he still very, does. <laughs> very committed, very committed person. So, uh, okay, so that's kind of how you came to faith, right? So uh, I'd like to hear you, though, talk about some times in your life where you feel like the Lord has really grown you in your faith. What are, what are some moments where you, felt, where you feel like your faith has really taken a leap forward? Well, one one huge one was when my mother passed away, and she yeah. passed away 14 and a half or so years ago. Okay. She had cancer. Okay. And then was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's as well. Wow. And um, she she basically was done at that point. Sure. And, of course, we prayed that, yeah. oh, that absolutely. she would be healed. Yeah. And she was. Yeah. She, she went was. home. Yeah. Finally and perfectly exactly. and completely healed. And yeah. um, I had a dream. Sorry. She knocked on my door and she came back perfect. Yeah. And that was, and I'm not a big believer in, you know, interpreting dreams. Sure. Um, but that was God's message to me that you do get restored and you mm. come back perfect. Yeah. And healthy. Cause she had, she had lost the ability to talk yeah. and yeah. walk. And so that was his promise. And that was huge, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, the, the, I mean, in, in Scripture, you have people, the Lord speaking to people through dreams. Yeah. So certainly that's something that the Lord does, yep. you know. And I just think the kindness of our God, that he would do that for you. Yes. You know, what a, what a, what a mercy that he allowed you to have that well, experience. It was, and it was just life-changing for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It really was. So, so talk about a little bit some of the things that you learned from that. So, like one thing was that um, uh, I, I, I may be putting. So, tell me if this is right. I'm just getting to say what I thought you. I heard you saying, but one thing that you learned was that um, that you know, death is not an end; it's a beginning, right? The, the Lord really healing us completely, setting us free and uh, from everything. Is that is that kind of one of the things that you yes, learned from that? Yes, yeah. and that and that you know you hear these things. Growing up, and then growing up in the church, you hear that you go to heaven, and it's your your perfect home, and, sure. and God's preparing it for you. Right. And then when you go to heaven, you're going to be restored, and you're, there will be no sickness, no pain, no sadness. Right, right. And and that was just it was there. Evidence. That was it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it was just like God smacking me around, going, "Hey." Right. This is real. You and and you can trust me. Like I yes. feel like that's kind of what you were hearing yes. from the Lord. You can trust me. Yes, because I'd heard this my whole life. Sure. But to to actually see it, it was it it made a difference. And um it helped me with what I'm going through now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um and the, and I've grown so much through that, but in 2019 I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And so that 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 had to be really, really tough and painful for you because your mom had died of cancer just five years before, right? Is that um, uh, more like ten, twelve? Oh, okay, something okay. like that. But so, um, but that's how she 
died. Was, yes. Hers yeah. was different. Right, right. Hers was not breast cancer, but it was cancer. And yeah. that was her greatest fear. Right, yeah. Uh, I never even had a second thought about it. Sure. And um, I've worked in the medical field my entire career. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And, um, uh, but I was diagnosed and, uh, whenever I got my actual diagnosis, the nurse practitioner who I'd gone to and seen, she immediately prayed for me. Oh, that's awesome. And that, that was really wonderful. And, um, I had a biopsy, then I had surgery, then I had chemo, then I had radiation, (laughs) then I had, uh, more chemo. And then a year later in October, it came back. And wow. was in my sternum, my chest bone. And um, so I had chemo, <laughs> two mm. chemos. You can't do more radiation typically because it's just so damaging. Right. And um, in June, I was considered no evidence of disease. Yeah. And I was on an immunotherapy, um, which is just, you, it triggers your immune system right. to fight the cancer. And so in November... I had a scan, and it showed some lymph nodes had come back. Well, we watched them, and then in May, April, April or May, I had another scan, and there were more, and they had grown. So I did a biopsy. Yeah. And in that biopsy, we found that the original cancer, which was called triple negative, that just means no hormones affected it, and that one was gone. Wow. Whether it's completely gone or in remission, we won't ever know until, yeah. you know, um, and so a different one, it's still breast cancer, but this one is triggered by hormones. Okay. So, but that's better because there's more treatment. Because you can treat it. Yes. I'm, I'm working with, I'm getting treatment right now. I've got two different kinds of treatment. Um, we won't know if it's really working until uh, August when I have another scan. Right. But um, these are good treatments. They're promising treatments. They're known treatments. Yeah. And so uh, with triple negative, I was already looking at research. Yeah. And doing uh, clinical trials because there's just not a whole lot out there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the prayers that we had all asked for right. was to be cured. Well, we got rid of one of them. That's right. So now we got to work that's, on the second it. one. So. <laughs> that's round two. So yeah. t- tell me a little bit about, you know, as you've been walking through this journey, you know, what are what are some things that you've really learned about the Lord? And, and you know, and, and how have you grown in your faith? What are some specific things you've learned during this time? Well, um, I've learned to an extra level of kindness. Mm. Okay. Um, I had seen cancer patients, and uh, I'd worked in a cancer center. Sure. And um, I don't know. I just I I decided that regardless of what people said, I was going to respond kindly mm-hmm. because you don't know what to say. Yeah. You don't know how to act. You don't know what's right. You don't know what's wrong. You don't want to hurt their feelings. And so a lot of people will, res- will respond, you know, if somebody says, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, my mother died of breast cancer. Or, or you know, they'll respond. Right. <laughs> in, in totally in, unhelpful ways. Well, and, and they don't mean to. No, yeah. And yeah. so rather than, than respond in an ugly way or say, well, gosh, that was rude. Mm-hmm. I just thank them for their story and so glad your mother's doing well, or I'm so sorry they passed away or right. whatever the case may be. Yeah. But God, God led me to, to be kind to others mm. because they don't know. You don't know what to say. I don't even know what to say right. that will be helpful because there's really not a lot that is helpful. Yeah. Um, definitely learned a lot of patience, 
uh, because uh, nothing happens as fast as you think it needs to happen. Yeah, I can imagine. Nothing happens as fast as you want it to. Um, also, uh, I have learned that, and going off what happened with my mom, is that I'm going to be healed. Sure. Yeah. Whether it's on this earth right, or in heaven, mm-hmm. I'm going to be healed. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter what happens. Right. The end of your story is healing, no matter what. Yeah, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good ending either way. Right. Yeah. And that takes a lot of fear out of it, Mm -hmm. Um, because there was fear, there was anger, there was oh gosh, I can't a lot of those emotions. Yeah. But uh, prayer. I've got people literally around the world praying for me. Right. In Norway, in Germany, sure, all over the United States, and those prayers mean everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think whenever, you know, going back to what you were you're talking about, about ki- kindness, sometimes when you're going through something that's really painful or difficult, um, you're reminded that a lot of us are, <laughs> you know, and so it does kind of make you more um, compassionate toward other people yes. because, because you understand who knows what's going on in their life and, and yeah. who knows, you know, how difficult things are for them. Yeah. And so it really does kind of color your, but I, I would, why don't, let's just do a public service announcement though. Okay. And as a, you know, as a, a person who has battled, is battling, you know, cancer, what are some things that we shouldn't say to a person who's, you know what I mean? What, let's just go ahead and throw a couple of them. You mentioned a couple of them. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, to me, it's odd to say, Oh, well, my mother had that and she, she passed away right. because then you're thinking, you know, that takes you right, right to the, you know, <laughs> the, um, ne- the negative, yeah. the negative. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, no, no. You know, no, because yeah. a lot of people have said these things and, um, but it's good. Look, it's, this is a good is, conversation to have because yeah. I think you're right. People don't know what to say yeah. and we do so easily say the wrong thing. And sometimes it's good to hear kind of in a non-threatening yeah. way, hey, don't say this, you yeah. know? So yeah. it, it is, um, please don't share if you're out there listening if someone tells you that they've been diagnosed with cancer, please don't share about your relative who died from cancer. Okay, with them. Okay, that's not helpful. The success stories are nice. Yeah, success the stories success are great. Success stories are yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, it, I love when people tell me, "Oh, you're so strong." Mm-hmm. I don't feel strong. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Right. Um, not by myself. Right. So, but. Trying to think. <laughs> um, oh, you can beat this. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even know that. The doctor right. doesn't even know that. And that's, that's, it's like I said, they're not being unkind. It's just, no, yeah. it's just, you know, what you're trying say. to encourage you. And when people don't want to share their lives with you, yes. I want to hear about your new grandbaby. Yeah. I want to hear. Uh, about your cancer scare, because maybe I can help you. Sure. Maybe I can say the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend whose dog was, they thought the dog had cancer. Wow. And she said, I felt so bad. And I said, why? Right. I want to hear you're good, you're bad. Sure. Please don't shelter me. I don't need sheltered. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, if I don't want to hear it, I can always walk away. And isn't it funny, Deanne, I'm glad you brought this up, because isn't it funny, when you're, when you're going through something really tough, it, it's funny how the people around you sometimes pull back from relationship with you, they don't really mean to, but it's almost like they're thinking in their head, oh, you know, 
I don't want to tell Deanne about how my heart is hurting because she's going through such a tough time. I don't want to burden her. Yes, yes. You know, and, 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 and so they think that they're doing a kindness to you, but when it actually makes you feel more isolated and more alone because you want to connect with people like yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and like I said, I want to be able to support them. Sure, Because they've yeah. supported me. Yeah, they've yeah, prayed yeah. for me. I want to pray for them. I want to love on them. Um, I mean, I'm still active 100 percent. i go to work every day absolutely yeah you know we go to church we go fishing we go uh camping we do everything right and that i that includes i want to if if you need a meal i want to bring you a meal it may be kfc and i may <laughs> not have cooked it but you know i i still want to give back as much as has been given to me sure sure and and Yes, I'm tired, mm-hmm. but I choose every day to get up and keep going. And I just I want to be a part of, of other people's lives because that's that's what you want. You want to be involved yeah. and you want to be connected and and it's so important. It's life-giving it to is. be connected to other people and but 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 sometimes when we're going through something really tough, you know, people people just kind of pull away and they and 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 it's really an isolating and a lonely feeling sometimes when you're in the middle of that because you want connection with other people but you feel like everybody's like oh I need to give them space I need to you yeah. know what I mean yeah yeah and if I need space I'll tell you yeah exactly I yeah. mean I'm I'm not one to hold back <laughs> yeah and um you know I I I choose how I want my days to go right and I choose joy Absolutely. every day yeah and but I want you to be included in that mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I want you to, I want to be part of it. I want, I don't want to be, you know, nobody wants that, you know? Yeah. That's the worst, right? The worst would be going through a really difficult, painful thing, but feeling like you're doing it by yourself. Right. Right. I can remember there's been, you know, several times in Amy and I's life where we've had, you know, friends or people we were ministering to or family members who were dealing with something just really awful, really, really painful. And, uh, and you know, just naturally the discussion comes up. Well, I mean, should we should we go over there and see them, or should we go to their? You know what I mean. Yep. We would be sitting around talking about how heartbroken we were for them, and we have, and we would think, should we pick up the phone and call them? Should we drive over there and see them? You know, and uh, and we've just kind of learned over over the years that the answer to that should just always be yes. yes. Like if if we're coming around too much, we we want to tell people, look, if we're coming around too much, if we're calling too much, just say. I need a break. Okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings, yeah. but if I'm going to make a mistake, like I want to make a mistake on the side of being present, you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's even, even, you know, I had, I was septic. Yeah. In November. That's right. And, and very, very, very Ill. sick. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had a friend and tragedy hit her life. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think one second. Right. And I don't even think I had been released to drive yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going. Right, yeah. She's my friend. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I didn't even think about it. I just sure. left and I went and didn't, you know. And I think but, walking through something like what you've walked through makes you way more sensitive to that than folks maybe who haven't had to go through something like that, right? You know, I, I think so. Um, because I, I, I used to tend to be a little less observant sure. about those things. Yeah, and now I'm yeah. definitely more observant and and want to do things more than perhaps I did before. Yeah, yeah. So th- what have you learned about the character of God? Like, 
What have you learned about God in this journey? That he's always, always with you. Yeah. Every step of the way. Mm-hmm. He, he's never going to leave you. Right. Even when you're mad. Sure. Uh, you are sad. You cry. He's still there. Mm-hmm. He's always there. And he's not going to give up on you. He's not going to walk away. He's always going to be there. Yeah. And I, I, whenever I pray for friends, you know, uh, I not only pray that he is there for them, which I know he is. Right. But my prayer also includes let them know he's there. Exactly. Yes. Let them sense your presence, feel your presence. Let them see God. Yeah. Because most of my friends are Christians, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, most of them go here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, but like I said, that's that is my prayer, is that they not only that he's not only there, but I know he's there. Mm-hmm. They sure. know he's there, but I want them to see him and feel him, and just know how good he is, and that he's true to his promises. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah. That one of my favorite. It's this is probably one of the greatest works of just literature, okay? But it's also one of my favorite, you know, passages of scripture in the Bible. But Psalm one thirty nine, um, the psalmist talks about, you know, where can I go from your presence? I mean, if I go up to the heights, you're there. If I go down to the depths, you're there. If I'm in in the deepest darkest of night, that well, the dark's not even dark to you. It's just like day to you, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's so beautiful, you know, for us to remember as we're kind of navigating the seasons that we have to go through in our lives, there's no place we find ourselves where the Lord is not present with us in that moment, you know? And um, that's man, it's so encouraging. <laughs> and I need that because I find myself in some pretty crazy places, oh, yeah. you know? So, um, um, so I've learned that lesson too in my mm-hmm. life, that even, even when I was intentionally running away from the Lord, and I was in a dark place because I put my own self there, right? <laughs> The Lord was still there yes. with me, you know? So. Yes, he, he pursues you. He does, yeah, he does. So um, so you, so walking through this, you know, this, you know, dealing with cancer, you know, um, what about your family? So, I mean, I, I know Glenn, I hang out with Glenn some, and I've, I've heard a little bit about kind of how, what he's learned, you know, and how he's grown. But what, what about your what about your son? How, how has that been for him to, to kind of watch you navigate all of this? You know, I, I, I hope it gives him strength. Right. And hope. Um, he's a Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess he recently converted to Catholicism. Okay, yeah, my his brother. Wife, his yeah. wife is Catholic. My brother did that too. So, and I'm very proud mm-hmm. because he, you know, he's leading his family. Yeah, and he's leading his family in the right way. Yeah, um, yeah. and believe they believe in in Jesus Christ. And my sister-in-law, you know, who's Catholic, that that Keith converted whenever mm-hmm. they got married. But my sister-in-law is one of the most godly Christian people I've ever known in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and so uh, so when Keith he called me, I remember he called me and he was like, you know, Brad, you know. Uh, I've got, you know, I want to tell you I'm doing this. I've got some questions and I was, I just want yeah. somebody to be able to talk to. And I was like, you can talk to me about anything. But anyways, we were talking about it and, and, uh, and I just, I told him, I was like, look, Keith, what I want is I want for you to be passionately pursuing relationship with Christ. Yeah. So <laughs> if, <laughs> if this journey that you're on, you know, uh, with, with your wife, uh, is, 
you know, and, and doing the catechism and all of that, if that is going to cause you, if you're passionately pursuing Christ as a result of that, yep. I just need you to know that I'm all for that. Yep. So, uh, anyway, I don't, I don't, you know, we, we had all kinds of conversations. I was like, look, I don't agree with everything the Catholic church teaches. They don't agree with everything that I teach, yep. you know? Uh, and, uh, and I couldn't, I wouldn't, I could never convert to Catholicism. That's just, I, I could never do that. Right. Yep. But, but, but I just want you to know, I'm proud of you. And I just, uh, I, if, if this is leading you further, you know, toward relationship with Christ, then I'm for it. hundred yep. percent. You know, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. He, he sees I, I, it's hard because you know boys don't talk. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, not about things that matter. No. So, right. You, you get us talking about the cowboys. You know, we can talk for days. You know. That's so, right. Yeah. So, but he, I think he sees how strong I am. Yeah. Um, he has seen a side of my faith that I don't think I ever showed him. Right. And so I think that's really, you know, I think that's really been important to him. Um, I don't think he's worried about me dying. Right. Um, and we've talked, oh my gosh, ever since he was a kid, bless his heart, because <laughs> I tell him everything and he's just probably like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I didn't um, need to hear all that, Mom. But I have forever talked to him about what my funeral should look like one day. Right. Yeah. And so he has a very realistic view mm. of death. He knows nobody lives forever. Right. And... um so he, he reminds me, I thought you wanted this. And I'm like, well, I've changed my mind. Right. <laughs> you know, it's been so. a few years since we talked about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, even when I was in the hospital in septic, mm-hmm. uh, Glenn really thought I was going to die. He did. He yeah, really did. And um, I've told him many times, my room's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my son never thought that. Right. He never thought that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he saw me fight back. Yeah, yeah. And so um, and so did my sister. Yeah. And so they knew. Glenn could not handle that. Yeah. Um, and so they stepped up, and they, they filled that spot. Mm. But um, I think he has seen the strength he did not know was really there. Right. So. Yeah, it's when you watch somebody's faith being tested, mm-hmm. and and you see... You know, you you see this person in the middle of this, you know, journey where their, where their their faith is really alive and real, in all these, in all these ways that you haven't noticed before because of they're facing you know something really painful. It's, you know, it's it's really my you know my nieces, I've talked to them a little bit about uh-huh. this you know because they lost their mom last right. year and and um, and I've talked to them about how you know seeing their mom navigate that. Right. was so powerful and moving for them and, and has been, I think, the thing that's really helped them to cling to their faith. And, you know, I know that Melanie is here in this conversation in heaven, right? And, and you know, and I just, you know, it's good for us to say it out loud, yeah. you know, her, the, the way that she walked through those last moments of those last, you know, months of her life mm-hmm. had a profound impact on her kids and will have a profound impact on them for eternity. And, yes. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, gosh, as a parent, what more could you ask for than that, you yeah. know, than to be able to do that for your child exactly. one way or another, you exactly. know, so, wow, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And he, and you have one grandbaby, is that right? I have two, two grandbabies. Okay. Uh, Hazel is right. a little girl and yeah. she was six months old just the other day. Okay. So I have two now and, um, Oliver, Whoa, that, that boy is... <laughs> 
he is a mess. He is, but he is just, I just watch him because it's just the way he learns and interacts right. with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so smart and he's just a funny little kid, Yeah, funny little awesome. guy. And, uh, I was telling him jokes from the hospital. I called him yeah, and yeah. was telling him jokes on the phone. I said, don't get in trouble at school, but tell this joke. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Hazel's in a stage where that pretty much anybody who picks her up other than mom and dad, she cries. Yes. Yeah. So they all go through that. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm ready for her to be over it. Though, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, she'll get it. Yeah. She'll, she'll get through get it. And there. it's going to be awesome. She'll get there. We, uh, uh, I, I think I want to be that grandparent too. Like even right now, you know, I'm my uncle. I've got several, you yeah. know, nieces and nephews and on my, on my, my family side, my brother, Keith, he actually has a son who is exactly like he was when he was that age. I mean, like it's scary. It's eerie how much he is. And so I love hanging out with Kaysen because, you know, Keith was born on my 10th birthday. He's our, my youngest brother. Uh-huh. And so when he was growing up, like I took care of him, you know, and he, yeah. he was, he was, uh, my responsibility in a lot of ways, at least that's how I thought of it, you know? So I love to hang out with Kaysen, but I'm the, now that I'm the uncle, like I can just cause all kinds of problems. Like yeah. I, you know, I can just, I can tell jokes and I can be, I don't have to worry about any of the repercussions, you that's know? Right. So yeah. That's right. So, and, and it's good payback too, because when Carson was born, my brothers all did that with Carson. So yep. believe me, every opportunity I have to corrupt their children, I'm going to do it. So Exactly. Well, I, I, I didn't have my son until after my brother had to, his two sons. Yep, yep. And I got a little payback. Every yeah. toy he bought made noise yes, and needed batteries. I, I, remember, I remember Keith one time, they got uh, Sadie these shoes that every time you took a step in them, they made a beeping sound every time. I was like, why did you do that? And he goes, oh, you know why. You know, so now, now that he has kids, you know, yeah. it's all coming home yeah. to roost. Yeah. So yeah, good times. That's yeah. And I was a grandparent. I'm, because, because as much as my brothers, as much as I owe my brothers, Carson and Sadie, I owe them way more. Oh, like, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> there's lots of payback to give. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have the glitter ready for Miss Hazel. <laughs> yeah. We're playing glitter. Yeah, I don't glitter. care what, what we're doing. We're going to have glitter involved. Glitter is diabolical. It's diabolical. Like, who invented that? It, I mean, it, you will find glitter years later. I Everywhere. mean, it's amazing how it goes to every crack and every nook, yep. you know? Crazy, crazy. So, okay. So, um, so talk to me a little bit about today, right? What... Um, what is, is there a scripture passage? Is there a, a book you've read? Is there, is there some truth about the Lord that you are really kind of grappling with or learning about today that's sustaining you? What's going on in your life right now? One of my passages, the passages I like is Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For I know the plans I have for you. Um, and I, I, Liked that one before I ever even had cancer, right. long before. Yeah. Um, I, I, I grapple with trying to, trying to continue to be good and follow like I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of hard when you work in the medical field. Yeah. Um, and so I have my moments of, you know, where that I don't always talk so nice to yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and I try, I try really hard not to, but sure. sometimes it's just like, 
I yeah. can't believe you just said that to me. Yeah, and, and you have bad days sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm just trying to continue to to get better mm-hmm. every day. Um, I don't know. I completely trust God. I really do. Right. And that I just do. I've I've I turned my son over to God a long time ago. Right. Yeah. Um, because I was like, you know, he I I didn't want to worry about him. Sure. And I mean, he was a good kid, really. Yeah. yeah. And so nobody called me and tell me you caught him drinking when he was fourteen. <laughs> I don't okay. I hear those stories. I don't either. care. He's grown. He never went to jail. We're doing good. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I don't need to hear it. But um, you know, he was a he was a pretty good kid. But I, yeah. I did. I was like, I I can only control so much. Yeah. And and you know, so uh I don't know, I just I, I give things to God because I I, I don't want to deal with them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to worry all the time. Well the, we can't control it anyway. No, I don't want to be afraid. Yeah. And I just don't. Yeah. And uh, even whenever I was married to my first husband, I I even turned him over because he he liked to go out and drink and go mm-hmm. to bars, and I was like, well, I'm not going to worry about him. I'm going to go to sleep because number one, I need the rest, right? And number two, if anything happens to him, somebody's going to tell me. Yeah, you know, and you a, staying up and worrying about it wouldn't have changed change anything. anything. Yeah, and and you can only do so much, and so um, I don't know. I can't think of anything that I'm really, I don't feel like I'm struggling with. Well, I think that's the beauty though of our relationship with the Lord. Like, I think it's one of the awesome things about being a Christian is that, is that there's this peace that happens whenever you learn that the world, all of our lives are in the hands of a loving father Mm -hmm. and he can be trusted with it. And we don't have to try to manage it. Like we don't have to try to make everything happen. We're not responsible for making everything happen. We're only responsible for surrendering to God and trusting him, you know, and, uh, and he does the rest, you know, that's a really freeing thought. It is. And I think when I learned, um, cause you know, growing up in a church of Christ and, uh, we had an older, older preacher Mm -hmm. and you know, it was kind of a little bit of hellfire and brimstone at times and and there was a punishing God. Uh Yeah. And I think when I learned that that really wasn't, I mean, yes, you can, you can go to hell. Hell is real. Sure. Yeah. But that's not really what God is in it. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't want it to be that way. Yeah. He's a loving And father. I think when yeah. I realized that, that was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is way better. Yeah. You we know? talked, I, 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 I preached about this, you know, when this podcast podcast comes out, it will have been several weeks ago, but, um, but that the Lord delights in just the sound of our voice, like He loves for us to talk to Him, you know. And uh, and we talked about uh, that the writer of Hebrews says, that, "Let us come before the throne of grace with confidence." And that just struck me as I was preparing because I was like, God's the name of God's throne is grace, mm-hmm. right? the The seat of God's authority is grace. grace. And that's who he is at the, the essence of who God is, is self-sacrificing love. And scripture tells us that over and over and over again. And, uh, boy, when we get, when we start to get our hearts around that truth, it really does make a difference. It does. And you, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to, you know, not to harm you, plans Mm -hmm. to give you hope in a future. That passage of scripture, it's amazing because Jeremiah says that to a people who are living in exile. 
Like they have, they've received this punishment for their sins. They're living in exile. Like everything has fallen apart. Everything is lost. Everything is broken. And in the middle of that, Jeremiah says to them, here's the word of the Lord. You know, I know the plans I have for you. I'm going to, I will rescue you from exile. I will bring you back to me. My plans are to give you hope in a future, even though it doesn't feel like that right now. And so for those of us who are up against it and we, and we feel like, gosh, there's no hope from here. There's no, you know, uh, I can't see the light anywhere. Right. Right. The, the, The promise of the Lord is no, remember, I mean, I, I know the plans I have for you Yeah. and none of this has thwarted those plans. Nope. Even Israel, who that was their decisions, right? Your decisions have not thwarted my plan. You know, I know yeah. the plans I have for you and their plans to prosper you. They're not to harm you. Their plans to give you hope in a future. And, and uh, there are consequences for our sin, but God's, God's plan is not thwarted, you know? No. No matter what we're facing. Exactly. No matter how dark it is. Exactly. So, wow. That's a good, that is really good hope for us to, to cling to today. And, uh, and for those of you who are, are listening, I know you appreciate uh, Deanna's honesty and just her being able to share about her journey. Just, I'm so grateful that I've had the chance to get to know you Thank and Glenn. You. What a, oh. what a neat couple. Thank you. And also amazing homemade ice cream makers. Just want to throw that out there. Thank you. Like legit. <laughs> I mean, I know if Roxanne is going to be real mad when she hears this on the podcast, but but y'all's was my favorite, even though she won. I just want to say that the Harville homemade ice cream was my favorite one. Well, you know, I have to tell you, that's only the second time I've made homemade ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fantastic. So Thank you. this year, Ju- July 31st, we're going back All to right. Texas All Boys right. Girls. We'll have the contest again. Okay. And you need to be gunning for the St. Clair All family right. again. Gonna you, do it. You got to take her down. <laughs> And steal her, steal her Watch prize. Out, That's right. She's coming for you. She's coming for you. Uh, thank you so much, Deanna, for 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 joining me. This has been a real pleasure, and I know it's been an encouragement to to those of you who are out there listening. And we're so grateful that you join us for these, and uh, hope that uh, hope that the Lord has encouraged you in some way, giving you some giving you some uh, some hope today. Uh, thank you once again for joining us, and and we'll we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.